This is Ready to Real Estate, a TREB podcast. Each month, we interview experts in the field, discuss the data, and explore all facets of the housing market. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or a seasoned real estate professional, you will benefit from our insightful conversations and gain property intelligence as we discover more about the key issues shaping our industry. Now here's our host, Jason Mercer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ready to Real Estate. I'm your host, Jason Mercer, TREB's Chief Market Analyst. In the GTA, the price of an average detached home is more than $1.3 million. More than ever, buying a home is the largest financial decision most people will ever make. With so much on the line, it's important to make sure everything goes smoothly. From finding the right realtor, to navigating the offer and negotiation process, to ensuring the deal ultimately closes. By law, partnering with a TRAB member realtor means that you have certain protections and recourse if anything goes wrong. New protections for buyers and sellers are also in the works with the revised Trust and Real Estate Services Act, or TRESA. The act goes into full effect next April. Keep listening to learn more about the advantages of working with a TREB member realtor and find out how the changes to the act might affect the real estate landscape into 2023 and beyond. Today, I'm joined by Kevin Krager, president of TREB. Welcome, Kevin. Great having you on the show today. Thanks so much for the invitation. You know, for for decades, TREB's been informing the public about the benefits of working with a TREB member realtor and the fact that home ownership has been a solid long-term investment. And recently, we launched a new initiative called Making the Smart Choice. What's this initiative all about? The Smart Choice initiative basically is to bring a better understanding to the public of the benefits of working with a licensed real estate professional. As TREB members, we are all licensed with the Real Estate Council of Ontario, and there are a number of added benefits for the public in working with licensed individuals. Right, that's interesting. And, and, and as I mentioned in, in, the, in the intro, and, and you having been a, a realtor for a long period of time, and obviously work with people, you know, uh, across uh, uh, the, the, the home buying public, and, and certainly as president of TREB representing, you know, some 70,000 uh, uh, of our members, uh, maybe walk us through some of the specific protections guaranteed by law if you buy or sell a home with a, a TREB member realtor. Well, I think to start initially, TREB members as licensed real estate professionals completed licensing education courses. And there is also a requirement for continuing education. So I think the educational background certainly is a a key caveat. Working with a TREB professional, your deposit is safe and secure. In addition, as mentioned, every realtor has passed all of their licensing courses, as well as a background check and are fully insured. If there's ever an instance where a member of the public feels that a TREB member has acted improperly. Through the Real Estate Council of Ontario, there is a complaints process with them being our government regulator. And the regulator has power to take substantial action, including revoking a member's license. In addition, you're informed of the relationship between the owner of the home and the person selling, which is a a key caveat on the disclosure end um, in working with a real estate professional as well. That's interesting. And so to summarize, you know, at, at TREB, we work hard to make sure buyers and sellers have these protections, the information they need to, to enter into a transaction and, and options in the unlikely event that, that something were to go wrong. Um, and on that note, 
I mean, recently there's been debate around how to best reform Ontario's Real Estate Act. And, and so I'm curious to hear what you think on, on that front. How can we provide consumers with the, the best protection and re, uh, recourse uh, for what's likely to be the largest financial investment of their lives? If you look at calls for greater professionalism and calls for greater action on the part of our regulator, those calls are coming from the inside. Real estate professionals really value the relationship that we have with our clients, and we take the responsibility seriously. So with the Trust and Real Estate Services Act, there are a number of changes that are coming, including additional powers for the regulator, making the process of removing bad actors from the profession much easier than it currently is. And really, those calls have been coming from the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board and from our members for many, many years. That's interesting. And, 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 and why is it important for those trading in real estate to, to register under the Act? Looking at a real estate transaction from a financial perspective, obviously, it's one of the largest singular transactions most individuals will be involved in in their lives. It also represents typically the largest single asset that an individual owns. And conversely, also is the largest single debt that one incurs. Right. So in instances where people are you know, substantially impacted financially. It's important that there's a highly regulated profession and a highly regulated process behind it. You know, our members obviously look to our code of ethics. We have various rules within our own organization, but obviously having a government body that regulates the profession does nothing more than increase professionalism, but also provide a mechanism for dealing with those who work outside of regulation. In addition to that, the errors and omissions program that exists um, for realtors, deposit insurance protection, all of those things are really key um, in, again, a transaction that's so impactful. And beyond the financial, the real estate that ultimately is being bought or sold is one's home. So that's their you know, sanctuary, their refuge, that's where they live their lives, raise their families. So there's no single element that really is more impactful in their everyday um, than that sense of home. Yeah, you know, I think that's a really good point. I mean, you, you've mentioned a, a couple of phrases as we've been sort of working our way through this discussion in, in terms of the largest single investment you know, most people are going to make is that purchase of a of a home and then how important that home is for, you know, in, in terms of their life, in terms of their family, it's, it's you know, where they put down roots, it's the neighborhood they live in um, and, and, and everything else. And so, you know, thinking about, you know, the last few months, especially, you know, as we've seen higher borrowing costs and there's been a little bit more uncertainty in, in, the, in the market, from my perspective, um, you know, the, the, the realtors most important during these times of uncertainty because, you know, they're, they're the person uh, that, um, you know, that a home buyer or a home seller or, or both when you're thinking about, you know, a lot of these people are, are, are on both sides of that transaction um, can turn to, to, you know, ask for advice, to, to understand what's going on in the marketplace, to understand the implications of, say, one choice versus another when they're, when they're thinking about, you know, pricing, the type of home, you know, how they structure an offer, that type of thing. And so it's even more important during periods of times like this that you're dealing with someone that's had that education and, and what have you under, under the act. Well, in any period of market change, positive or negative, certainly it's important to have the advice and guidance of a professional who's in the market. 
you know, looking at statistics, which is something you and I talk about all the time, right? They certainly provide a great barometer for overall trends, but it's really unpacking those statistics and looking at them on a site-specific basis and a property-specific basis where that experience and education really comes into play. You know, you can have two homes that are statistically very similar um, and generally in fairly similar locations, but based on school catchment districts or various factors affecting the different locations, price can be vastly different. And that's where really having someone in your corner who is advocating on your behalf, providing sound advice and guidance is incredibly valuable um, in any market period, but especially in periods where there is change and fluctuation in the overall market. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a really good point. And I think, you know, you're right. Every month you and I are talking about statistics. We're, 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 we're in the media, we're discussing it with our members and, and, you know, oftentimes, you know, home buyer or seller, because of, you know, how the information is reported will sort of key in on that sort of broad aggregate number, you know, sales were down or sales were up, price was up or, 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 or price was down. Um, and then sort of start to realize as they're, you know, sort of drilling down into their particular home sale or home purchase, well, maybe things aren't quite the same or maybe their their uh, point of view based on you know what they read in the media or in different reports it may not seem to jive with what they're seeing in their in their individual neighborhood like you know I'll say over the last few months I mean you've had areas where you know there's been a lot of choice and so you know buyers have, have been more in the driver's seat and say what they were a year ago but there's still parts of the GTA where market conditions are still really tight and people will find that you know the, there, there's a lot of people competing for a given uh, a listing in the market and you know they may be surprised and they'll turn to the realtor asking well why is this situation seem to be unfolding differently than you know what i'm hearing broadly well and it's a conversation we're having literally every day i was talking with a, a client who was very concerned looking at the market statistics for their larger area looking at detached homes And when we started going through the small sampling of detached homes that actually made up the metrics for that market, we recognized that of the detached homes, most were on the smaller side of what's available in that community. Um, Most were in the sort of mid-market. And in the previous year, we'd seen a number of very large estate-type properties sell in that particular market area. So when you're comparing a sampling of very large homes to a sampling of homes that are still detached, but much smaller, obviously there's a substantial difference in price, which accounted for a big portion of the overall change. So again, having those conversations, I think is really important and and unpacking the statistics in a very specific way, um, I think is incredibly valuable. Yeah, and that sort of mix of home sales and how that sort of impacts, you know, what we're reporting and what people are seeing from say one month or or one year to the next, I think is only going to, increase over time because you know we're 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 looking at and we're asking for a greater diversity of home types and mm-hmm. in a larger number of home types both in existing neighborhoods and um in in in, in new developments and so people are going to have to get used to seeing you know more of that diversity more of that change from from one period to the next and again i mean that that's where you know a realtor with uh, uh, you know, the experience in a given market area and what have you, and that education um, are, are going to bring a lot to the, to the table. And, and, you know, you're speaking of, you know, 
market conditions differing from neighborhood to, to, to neighborhood. And oftentimes that influences, you know, how many offers there may be on a home and, and the structure of those offers. And that's another, you know, topic uh, that's, that's come up a lot recently is, is uh, you know, the offer process and, and, and particular, particularly the, the close offer process. And it's a topic that, that many people feel strongly about. The, the federal government promised to replace the closed offer process with one where more uh, or where competitive offers must be disclosed to all bidders upon request and and they believe this will create a more fair open and transparent home buying and selling process in your opinion you know what impact do you think open bidding will have well i think to sort of back up a step from there based on current regulation um being the real estate and business brokers act of 2002 there isn't an opportunity currently for disclosure of competitive offers. So the traditional offer process is such largely because government regulation has required it to be so. So certainly with the Trust and Real Estate Services Act and providing an option for the discretion of the seller um, to have a more open process certainly is something that I'm very supportive of. I think that diversity of option and having the ability to select how one sells their home is incredibly important. You know, looking at the federal government sort of talking about mandating an open offer process and, you know, mandating a a specific way in which one sells their home obviously create a great deal of concern and was a huge overstep on their part because it doesn't fall under federal jurisdiction. In terms of, you know, what will a more open process mean? I think it'll mean different things to different people and it will mean different things in different market conditions. So, you know, looking at the market that we saw through most of COVID, it was incredibly competitive. And we had substantially more buyers than we did available properties, which obviously led to a substantial rise in price. And with the traditional offer process being one where people are essentially you know, submitting their offer with no understanding necessarily of what the other offers are, it creates a great deal of discomfort. So generally when I've worked with clients and we're going in on an offer date, you know, we've done our due diligence in advance. We've either reviewed or completed our own home inspection. We've spoke with a lender in terms of financing and secured um, financing. We've looked at relative market sales Um, in a specific area. And again, over this last period where we saw substantial rises in price, the comparables or relevant sales we were looking at were from a much tighter period of time because prices were moving upward in a very short order. So I think for some, it'll give them greater comfort, certainly in bringing forward offers. The interesting part is, or the argument that's out there is effectively that a more open process where more terms and price details are disclosed will ultimately lead to lower prices. I personally don't believe that. And I think market data shows that that's wholly inaccurate. There are certainly markets where there is an open offer process currently. It's not done anything really to um, quell prices or bring prices down. If anything, I think it could have the reverse effect in some cases. You know, I've had clients who have offered on properties. And in many cases, we've offered substantially over what the marketed price was. And, you know, we've been in competition with a number of offers. 
and we've come in with our best. Ultimately, we're not successful. And then when they saw what the price differential was and what it ultimately sold for, they sort of said, you know, I probably would have paid that had I known where the other buyer was at. I think the concern is always being the outlier and paying substantially more than anyone else is willing to pay. And that's one of the, the biggest knocks on the current offer process. But I think by having those data points and seeing where one sits in the competitive landscape of an offer process, I think if anything, it may push people to go higher in some cases, knowing that there's someone behind them uh, that's willing to pay in the same realm um, of value. So I think it'll be interesting to see. I think it's a positive that we certainly have new tools and new abilities as real estate professionals to bring to our clients. And you know, I think the uptake from our clients will really be based on their individual decisions. Um, but I am interested to see what the overall effect is in the marketplace. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And, and uh, you know, I, I think a, a key takeaway um, from what you just said is that you know people's decisions aren't just governed by you know how they're making an offer. For example, it's also going to be governed by the market conditions that or that they're working within. And it gets back to then the the, the local knowledge of the, of that realtor. You know, so for example, if you're going in on an offer with a client where you know there's there's really no other house like that available in the neighborhood. There's not a lot of listings. And that's a scenario, as you said, like all through last year was what we were dealing with. We're in a lot of neighborhoods throughout the GTA. There will only be one or two houses that were really fitting the needs of a typical home buyer uh, in, in that neighborhood. And so, you know, competition would be strong and, 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 and people would be looking at aggressive offers lightly regardless of the, uh, of the of the bidding scenario, whether it be open or, or closed. And you mentioned the point that, you know, there's been other jurisdictions that have, have looked at other, you know, options around the world. And, you know, we've, we've, we've seen reports, you know, Australia, New Zealand, Sweden, um, where, you know, they've looked at, at more of an open bidding process. But in reality, what lessons can we learn from some of these markets outside of Canada? Well, I think the biggest one is that a more open process certainly does not slow a real estate market and certainly does not lead to lower values. You know, looking at the sort of supply and demand equation, we obviously are and have been in a market of short supply for some time. Right. Um, With immigration, with just the pace of growth, we've not kept up with it to date. So we already have a deficit in terms of the number of homes needed in our marketplace. And with what will be substantial immigration to follow and migration from other parts of the country, you know, the GTA is going to be in a deficit position for some time. You know, government has focused a lot on the demand side of the equation. So we saw things like the foreign buyer tax and now the foreign buyer prohibition. Um, I think there's been a lot of factors that maybe government feels will be more expedient and that effect will be seen sooner. But the one thing we've seen specifically in Ontario, you know, we had a foreign buyer tax. There was some concern in the market as to what that would mean. So we saw a period where people stepped back from the market, waited to see what was going to happen. And we also had the OSPE stress test. We've had a, a number of different factors. But if we look what happened in short order thereafter, once people felt like they'd hit a level, once people felt like the market had absorbed the changes that had occurred, we saw an instant movement back of people who had been in a waiting pattern. 
and essentially prices once again lifted substantially. I think the more open offer process where, you know, there's a higher level of disclosure certainly will provide people greater comfort in terms of what their offer looks like and how they relate to a competitive marketplace. But looking at Australia and New Zealand specifically, it's done nothing in those markets to cool prices. Um, Because fundamentally, price is really a factor of supply and demand. Right. Yeah, and I mean it, it's something that 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 you and 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 me and 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 other people at at Trav and certainly within you know our industry have been have been talking about a lot and credit where credits due. I think if we were having this discussion five years ago and talking about supply, you know, people would say, "Well, supply is a red herring. We need to, as you said, we need a foreign buyers tax. We need you know a stress test and uh, you know this type of thing." Um, you know, so it's important to sort of separate the. The, the the two and I mean we're we're moving to the end of a, a period where we've seen you know three election cycles over the course of a a calendar year or, or maybe a little bit more um, and oftentimes you know there's a, there's a lot of policy ideas thrown around in terms of uh, in terms of the real estate market and so you know on the one hand I think we're making progress on the supply front but we're going to need to to see that more and more. Um, and at the same time, you know, it, it definitely appears that we'll be, you know, looking at the market, you know, through the lens of, 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 of you know, how the, the, the real estate transaction process is governed. And, and certainly from a TREB member realtor perspective, um, you know, the, the, the benefits that they can offer in the marketplace and the value that they can bring uh, to, both, uh, to both buyers and sellers. And so, you know, thanks again, Kevin, for, for joining me to, to talk about the, the Smart Choice campaign and, and, and the impact. Uh, that these changes to the to the real estate act uh, could have, I think, is really important, especially you know when we're thinking about the changes and and the uncertainty we're we're facing in the in the market today. So again, thank you very much. Thank you, Jason. And thanks to all of you for listening in. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to Treb's Ready to Real Estate podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to all of you for joining us, and we'll see you again next time. That's it for us. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media and visit our website, treb.ca. That's T-R-R-E-B.ca to find market insights and more. This has been another episode of Ready to Real Estate. Thanks for tuning in.